authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with Polly Holmes on writing cosy mysteries and Polly shares what cosy mysteries are and what tropes readers can expect when they pick one up, rapid release and her tips for aspiring authors looking to pursue an authorship career. So in my author adventure this week, my children's fiction is still out on submission and my non-fiction books for authors, freelance writing and quick tips for fast success and author fears and how to overcome them have had their first five star reviews, which I shared on social media. It's been quite quiet on these fronts. I haven't really been actively submitting the children's fiction. It's just still with the publishers that they're with and the non-fiction books I haven't haven't really done too much with them this week as well. If you're keen to know how my women's fiction project has been going, you can head on over to the Hybrid Author website to sign up for your free author pass and follow my author adventure there, where you'll receive fortnightly musings from me as well as this update on these books. And that's hybridauthor.com.au. In my caravan adventure, I'm happy to report that we've hit the road and travelled about 10 hours north heading uh, to the Karangini the first day and we had a free camp stopover at night which was filled with red dirt and as soon as I opened the caravan door there was uh, large bones which in the sand that <laughs> kind of looked like human remains so I was laughing about that uh, and the next day was another sort of um, long drive day to get us up to the Karangini so the, I keep saying Karangini, it's Karangini and what a magical place it was it's uh free camping again uh dirt very red dirt we were absolutely covered from head to toe in red dirt inside and outside the caravan and in the car my new shoes my new <laughs> running shoes are wrecked but uh yeah what an absolutely magical place gorgeous galore and um, we did a lot of gorge walking and just you know find these beautiful spots that are just it's just absolute untouched nature bats flying in the sky watching out for snakes and also keeping an eye for dingoes uh when we were barbecuing our breakfast and lunch and things like that because they come out in the morning and at night and we were told it was a real problem uh at that place someone's fed them so they keep coming in and uh when i told my children about it they were super scared didn't want to be there anymore but when they saw them you know they just looked like feral scabby dogs dogs uh malnourished as well which you just feel sorry for them instantly but need to remember that they are wild and you can't you just can't feed them so that all added to the adventure there and uh now we are in Karatha very hot some flies not as many as the Karajini but uh catching up with friends and people 
people we know here. It is sort of coming into their cooler months here, but still in the 30 degrees. And, you know, I caught up with my friend and she was like, oh, I should have put jeans on. And I just thought, are you kidding? You know, <laughs> I feel like I should have no clothes on. Apparently in the summer, it gets to like 40 degrees here and you just can't go outside. It's crazy. So heading off to making our way to Broome afterwards and it's uh, all a go. Homeschool has been happening. We seem to be getting in a bit of a groove with that finally which is good and yeah just trying to navigate life in a caravan. It is the it's it's hard and it's amazing and it's all the things uh yeah it's kind of hard in a small space it really is with like four people and <laughs> but we're getting there and uh we've only been gone the week but it feels like it's a long time so but it's it's been amazing so far So if you love the podcast or any of the episodes has helped you further in your author career, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at buymeacoffee.com slash the hybrid author. Let's all support each other. Holly Holmes is an award-winning Australian author who writes paranormal and culinary cozy mysteries and paranormal suspense. Holly lives near the beach in the northern suburbs of Perth, Western Australia, with her Bijon Fritz, Bella. When she's not writing, you can find her sipping coffee in her favourite cafe or watching reruns of Murder, She Wrote. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Holly. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, we're absolutely honoured to have you and find out all about the cosy mystery genre. But first, can you tell us, how did you come to be a hybrid author by writing in the suspense, you know, romantic suspense and murder mystery genres? Sure. I started writing about uh, 12 years ago, just as a hobby. But I really started thinking seriously about it uh, about five or six years ago. I never thought that I would actually get anything published, but it was a bucket list item that I wanted to do. I just wanted to have one book published on my bucket list. So I went about learning how to write. Huge self-doubt kicked in and I I really suffer with imposter syndrome, which I'm working on all the time. But I did. I learned the craft. I perfected my manuscripts and I sent them off and I got a contract for three from three different publishers for three different books. So I was basically on the way to being a published author. So that was a really, really exciting experience and um, an eye opener as well (laughs) to the into the pub, the traditional publishing arena. But I I kind of struggled a bit with both of two of my uh, publishers being in the US and only ebook publishers because I really wanted to hold that book in my hand. So that's when the self-publishing track called me and I thought, you know what, I might just give it a go and see if I like it. I can always go back, but I absolutely love it. I love self-publishing and I I love the fact that I can control virtually everything in there. I love also when it comes to mystery and romantic suspense, I am an obsessive person that loves danger and mystery and having the lead heroine almost in danger, but someone came (laughs) to save the day. Uh, but I found my niche when I found cozy. So cozy mysteries are really something that I'm very passionate about. Doing a traditional cozy, 
So I found my niche and all those years of watching Nancy Drew and Murder, She Wrote are paying off now. Yeah. Oh, wow. What an incredible story. And it sounds like, you know, that everybody, a lot of authors and including myself, I I speak to, they seem to go through that imposter syndrome and self-doubt phase. And I say now that I think that's actually part of the author process, you know, like, because everyone I speak to, it seems to be such a a, a rite of passage almost to feel that. I don't know anybody who's just been like yeah this is me you know I I'm great like you almost have to go through it to know what it's about to come out on the other side and go you know what I can actually do this and I can actually write a book and do the best that I can but I think the key is also continuing to learn as you go along yeah. so that you're not you, you know you're always learning the craft or, or the the industry yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't think it, no matter where you are, I guess in this industry, do you know it all or anything? I think you can always learn. So especially a group I'm part of, it's established and uh, and, and aspiring authors, and even all the workshops that we have, you know, it's a mix of both. It's not just aspiring ones that are there; it's other people who have established themselves in the industry. But I, what I love about your story as well, you're not just a hybrid in the genres; you're also a hybrid with traditional publishing through the formats with the eBooks and then doing print yourself. So, no audio books yet, or not yet no but that is there is the hope I'm off to Paris uh, for a signing next year so I would like to get them translated into French before I go but that's a goal so we'll just see how we go on that one fantastic that's an awesome goal (laughs) yeah I love that well today we are going to focus more on the murder mystery side of your writing rather than the romantic suspense so I've heard of cozy mysteries before I can't say I'm a massive mystery reader so I'm really interested to know and our our listeners out there for anybody else as well what what is cozy mystery what's defined as that over say just mystery The cozy industry is very big in the US, uh, but it's a very—it's virtually very new here in, in Australia, especially WA. So there isn't many cozy mystery uh, writers in, in Australia. So basically, it's much like the series Murder She Wrote, as I mentioned earlier. So if you wanted to imagine Jessica Fletcher moved in to your neighbourhood <laughs> from Cabot Cove, who would start worrying if they were the next victim? Because wherever Jessica Fletcher is, someone always dies. <laughs> So, or if it was one of your friends that got caught up in the mystery. So when you think cozy mystery, you think Miss Marple, Agatha Christie, Jessica Fletcher, Rosemary in Time. Is Nancy it that um, per, per, Poiré? I can't say. Is he yes, cozy yep. as well? Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The difference with the cozy is it's, it's very clean and there's no blood or guts or gore or anything. So it's, it's an easy read. So while they could be written for adults, teenagers and young adults could actually read them as well. So there's usually a amateur sleuth, usually a female, but it doesn't have to be, who somehow stumbles either into the murder, across the body, or a family member has found her, and the objective is to solve the mystery and to work out who the, the murder suspect is, uh, whether it might be a family or friend, uh, work out if the victim has any connections with them, follow the clues along the way, and hopefully there's usually a, a time-running-out element. So before um you know their best friend goes to goes to jail they've got to find the, the murderer so it's and there's a lot of red herrings along the way so a few obstacles that they've got to work through so it's it's a lot of fun especially planning one and who you're going to murder and who the yeah. red herrings are going to be but but generally yeah it's just a, a nice 
comfortable murder mystery to read and you try and find the the murderer before the end of the book and yeah. hopefully you're right oh uh, no that sounds amazing so these were these the types of stories that you grew up on or you enjoyed reading that you inevitably ended up writing Yes, I, I grew up with Nancy Drew. Um, I also grew up with Sweet Valley High, which was the teenage romance series of my era, which is the 80s. So I still actually have all those in my bookcase now. I too was, was a, a fan. <laughs> they generally, well, it was, it was young romance. They still had a lot of um, mystery to those um, and a lot of danger. So I think that's what led me into it. Uh, but getting back into I didn't actually know they were called Cozy until I actually found the covers. And my friend said, oh, they're a cosy. Once she explained it, I thought, oh, well, I've been doing that all my life. Yeah. And I've been reading those all my life. So I'm sure I can write one of these. Yeah. No, that's incredible. That's really good. So obviously loving that genre, reading it, well, realising you're reading it too. And I've got to say I I had bookshelves full of Sweet Valley High and uh, I grew up in Scotland, so they all got sold when we moved back here, (laughs) which was a shame. I think my mum was sick because they were obviously a fortune and then she obviously sold them off. So, yes, reader, lover of the genre, realising you're writing cosy mysteries. Did you join a writer's group or anything or did you specifically, did you find a group that wrote in that that specific area? I did, mostly on Facebook. Mostly on Facebook. There's a lot of uh, cosy mystery Facebook groups, some for uh, publishing your your cosy mysteries, some for reader only, some for promoting, but then some for also skill. So you can ask a question if you're having a problem or get some advice. Uh, I think through through COVID and all that, that's really, really thrived for the cozy industry. I mean, everyone has them on Facebook, but there is so many on <laughs> cozy mysteries on Facebook. So, yeah, and I also have a, a writer's group, just a few friends that also do the reading and the better reading and, and all of that. So they can help me if the mystery's wrong or I, I, I've got a plot hole. And that. So, but yeah, I think Facebook and generally because they're a wider, wider community as well, being from all around the world, not just in Australia or WA. Yeah. 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 That's good though, you know, to get an international perspective oh, on causing mysteries. <laughs> No, I love that. Well, you touched upon what a re- someone can expect, what a cosy mystery is, and obviously there's a murder and kind of figure out who who solved. You've got to solve it, obviously. What are the kind of tropes you might find in cosy mystery? Like things like, is there certain types of murders, like relative that murdered or lover that murdered or a uh, complete stranger that had a discrepancy? Is that a kind of trope, or uh, that's kind of different different to it just be, murder mystery? Be. I mean, I think they can expect a good mystery. That, that that's the number one thing is if it's a good mystery, you'll keep the reader. So you've got to you've got to be um, you know get that hook, uh, and and if they can follow along and they're into the mystery, they'll try and solve the mystery before the end of the book. So I think the trick is really getting the the hook, which is usually an underlying theme. So I write uh, culinary poses and I write paranormal culinary poses. So. I go for the food, but there's also the hobbies and pets and careers, and that's the biggest the biggest trope in a sense because it all relates around the sluice business, you know, and what they're what they're actually doing, and usually that's inter- intertwined in that. Um, every every murder, they're, they're not gory or anything, so you usually just get told what happens if, with the murder. They don't always have to be a murder either. As long as there's some sort of mystery or danger or element there. Or attempted um, murder. <laughs> yes, it could be attempted murder, yeah, or blackmail or, or something like, like that. Usually it is close to close to home or close to the, 
the main sleuth. Otherwise, there would be no reason for, for her to start investigating if it wasn't there wasn't a connection. It's generally not anyone to do with the police. So they don't no sleuth is ever a policeman. So they're an amateur sleuth. So they may have a police connection, but they don't ever actually are in the force sort of things. There's usually often often a romance sometimes as well. So a lot of readers like a continuing romance, like simmers over the time to build up in a certain book over the series. But they generally like a series. Uh, a standalone cosy is kind of non-existent. You need to have a series, but you must never leave a, cl- a cliffhanger. So that's an important trope. You have to solve the murder right, in, yeah. in, in cosy. Yeah, yeah. I think that might be quite annoying to kind of get yeah. to the end of the book and you didn't know it wasn't finished. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 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 a standard a standard thing with a cosy. Um, there's some. There's about fourteen or fifteen traditional elements that you have to put in a cosy, and one of them is no cliffhanger. It's usually a small town. The, the amateur sleuth is usually the female or runs the business. Yeah, so there's a lot of quirky characters. The readers, like I say, want to fall in love with the characters and actually follow their life as well. So, which is what I try and bring to my books is those those great characters that they can um, really either see themselves in them characters or a family member. In the characters as well yeah so it's the main that like the main sleuth is carried through she she or he but mainly she is the main protagonist through the whole series really so yes generally yeah i've got um before i when i actually first wrote my cupcake capers i didn't realize that so i saw the covers and saw three different girls so what i did was made it three sisters so each book is about three sisters and then it goes about to the town. So the three sisters are always solving the murders together and they're helping out. But the second series, my paranormal, yes, the lead character is always the lead character and it's always from her point of view as yeah. well. Oh, I love that. I think that's really clever. And I've, your book covers look fantastic and I love that. I've never heard of that before, you know, from the, the business sort of side of it and you've gone with the culinary, obviously, like cyanide and cupcakes and all that. I think it just looks fantastic. <laughs> it's very yeah. cool. It sounds like there's a lot of planning maybe going to these works before you even start writing, a lot of plotting and things like that. Could someone sit down and just write uh, till their heart's content without planning or do, do you recommend that you know authors kind of put a structure in place it's it's better maybe for the story you know where you're going in that direction mm. do you think or I think it's a very personal choice in the industry you have something called a pantser or a plotter so if you're a pantser you just write by the seat of your pants and see how it goes and then there's a the plotter who likes to plan I'm a plotter simply for the fact that I I need to know I start with my my victim and my murderer and then I went backwards and work out what the red herrings are. And I like to have it planned. So I think if someone wanted to write a, a, a mystery, absolutely, or a cozy mystery, definitely. But I would still do just a little bit of, you know, internet research on what it is and what are my tropes. But you could definitely write write it if you're a pants. So, yeah, just go for it. Just as long as you get the features right in, in terms of a cozy. Because if they're not, it moves into a different genre. So it'll be suspense or mystery suspense rather than cozy mystery. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like there's a fine line, doesn't there? <laughs> there is. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, you, how how many books do you have out? And that is with you. You said you do the print books yourself, and the ebooks are through the publisher. Yeah. yeah how many? And yeah, I actually you... do them all myself now. So oh, um, I I still publish my ebooks and uh, my print books. So print books are available through Gumnut Press. So I am Gumnut Press as well. I I do them through there, and I have uh. 
one coming out at the end of this month, if I can get it written, and I'm sure I will. So I've got seven in that in the Witches series, and I have five in the culinary. But the, the culinary will have eight, and um, the Witches will have ten. So, and, I, and I'm starting a new magic bookshop one for 2024. So I'll have three different cozy series out. Yeah. But I, I, I think I'll stick with the paranormal because I'm really loving creating that imaginary world and the magic spells and what you can do with all of all of the magic. So yeah, yeah. I write them in a town where Who you can kill with the magic. <laughs> exactly. And how can you kill them with magic? So yes, yeah, so because it's all made up, you can do it however you like. Yeah, that's incredible. That's a huge number of books. So how big are these books? And do you write them pretty quickly, I would imagine? Are you a rapid well, release author? At the moment it's slow and steady for me. But I'm actually a full time teacher. So drama teacher. So I'm trying to fit in around that. I wanted to do a rapid release. I wanted to be one of those rapid release authors, but then I I kind of started and went, oh, wow, this is a lot. So I try and do about four books a year if I can, if not uh, a five. So it, it just depends. That's on pretty that. rapid to me. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, they're usually around 350 pages. So they're usually um, in between 55 and 60,000 words, uh, which is um, standard for a cosy. Sometimes it's a little bit shorter, but I write the story that's ready to be told. I don't add extra stuff in there that's not needed. So however long the story is till I find the end is the, is how long I write it. So, yeah, it tells me what I need to write. Yeah. And usually all of a sudden there's a new person in there or there's a new witch arrived or something else has happened and I have to actually extend it (laughs) that's amazing that's absolutely incredible I I too have taken on a what I'm hoping is a rapid releasing and I'm already miles behind because it's just but like you said you know you've got full-time work and trying to fit it in sometimes around life and things is can be a bit tricky can't it certainly can yeah, so that's it. Well, do you have any tips for aspiring authors who are looking to pursue an author career uh, in any regard, you know, even the writing or the publishing or anything you knew you would have told yourself yeah. before you started in the beginning? <laughs> uh, definitely. I think the biggest thing is just to, to never give up. I know we say that really easily and, you know, oh, don't give up, keep going. But there's always a point where you want to go, I'm no good at this and I want to give up. You've just got to work through that because if that's the dream that you want or is that, if that's the goal you want, you've got to, to step over that that fear and, and keep going. I think my one of my biggest things, which I didn't write in my notes, was don't believe the first person who tells you everything because they may not be as adverse in, in, the, in the industry as you think. Get more opinions. Get get another opinion. Go and ask someone else. Get don't believe the first thing the first editor tells you. Do research on the people that you're working with or the people that want to work with you, so that you actually immerse yourself in the industry and um, around the right people. Because you can get into the industry very easily, but you need to be with the right people that are going to help you shine and help you flourish. And ask, ask. I was very afraid to ask any questions because I was this new author at the beginning. And I could have learnt a lot quicker if I had have just asked the questions instead of just going, oh, no, I'll be okay, I'll find it. Uh, I would have jumped ahead. <laughs> yeah, a lot. But you, and also choose the avenue you like. So don't be forced into doing traditional publishing if you want to be a self-publisher and vice versa. Don't be forced into self-publishing if you want to be a traditionally published author or do both. So it's it's never-ending and, it, and it's a constant change. This industry changes so quickly. So one year werewolves are in and the next year they're not. So it's 
Yeah, but I, I think it's really just never give up. Um, knockbacks are just little speed bumps along the way and you just got to get over the speed bumps and then you'll be able to do it. Yeah, well, those are some absolutely sound advice tips there and really solid, I think, for authors. I remember when I first started out and I had a couple of traditional publishing critiques for a manuscript and I went away and I spent like the whole year one after this critique kind of rewriting it to how they, they gave me feedback for to then go the following year. It was like a retreat I was on to get it critiqued again by someone else. And they said something completely different. And I thought, oh, hang on, you're going to publish it this way or say this and you're going to do the same thing and then I'm going to keep changing it and changing it and changing it to suit someone else and uh, yeah, the penny kind of dropped for me there and I thought, no, you have to take takes and from now then on, I take feedback with like a pinch of salt with people and uh, yes, that's good or no, not so much, you know. So yeah, um, getting lots of different opinions I think is is key as well. I think that was my problem is I believed in the beginning, I believed everyone I spoke to and gave me that feedback back I was a bit like you rather going oh actually I don't know about that I'll just ask someone else if if that's actually right or or change it the other thing that I can recommend is entering competitions there's a lot of competitions in America like there's you know it could be the first 500 words and you're just getting feedback you don't have to take it but often you'll get really good feedback you might even win um so yeah you'll get you'll get feedback and you'll be able to to learn from that as well yeah no that's great so you obviously you know, you went down the traditional path and then sort of started self-publishing and now you're just fully self-publishing. Are you looking to go back to the traditional path or any other book ideas you've had or you're just loving the way tradition, uh, sorry, self-publishing is going for you? I, I do. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm open to, to both avenues. I do love self-publishing because I can do my own, I'm on my own time, time frame. So if I don't get it done, I'm not going to let anyone down only myself so I still try and get it done but I do like that that decision of what cover I'm going to have I've got a fabulous cover designer so I I love to get to design that with traditional publishing you don't get the last say so it's it's much of muchness so I'm not sure so I wouldn't say no I do have some that I'm thinking of sending off but just because why not yeah and just see what feedback I get but yeah I, I really enjoy enjoy doing it myself and getting those those you know four or five star reviews on on the books knowing that I did it all yeah that's very that's a real accomplishment when you do have someone saying wow I can't believe you did all that or you you wrote it and published it so yeah yeah. that's amazing (laughs) yeah yeah it's well done you your covers look fantastic and the books are amazing uh Ken and thank you so much for your time and expertise Polly everything you said has just been incredible can you tell our listeners who I'm sure are chomping at the bit now to discover where they can get your books and and all about yourself online or in store absolutely um they can pop over to my website which is www.pollyhomesmysteries.com and you'll find out all about me and my books and I also have another pen name that I write uh, romance under so I'm I'm there on that you can follow me on Instagram so I've got P.L. Harris underscore Polly Holmes underscore author or I've also got a Facebook group so once you get onto my uh, Polly Holmes author Facebook page you'll find a, a group there we do lots of sharing, lots of chatting, always around on social media. You can drop me a message through my website. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, and my books are available, print books through gumnutpress.com That's and amazing. ebooks on Amazon and wow. Kindle Unlimited. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time, Polly. That was amazing. Thank you for having me. I've had a blast. 
So there you have it, folks. The mystery writing reveal from publishing powerhouse Polly Holmes. And you should check out her books. The covers are absolutely delicious and uh, they're just uh, fantastic if you love the genre. So next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have fantasy author Alex Holland chatting fantasy fiction secrets. I wish you well in your author adventure this next week. That's it from me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening. And I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.